Hey, quick disclaimer up top. I don't know why my audio sounds bad, but it doesn't sound great. It sounds very distant, so just giving you a heads up. Sorry. I do. I need to find some goofy anime theme song to do a chiptune version of. Cause oh, let like, me pick that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mazinger Z. I'm Matthew. I'm Carlos. I'm Alex. And this is Heroes 3 Gaiden. Three Gaiden, where we're taking a little detour from our normal kung fu movie focused thing and have some guests on to talk about some some cool movies and especially in the world of anime, Japanese animation. So this week we are taking a look at 2009 kind of uh, movie Red Line, uh, which is produced by Madhouse, which we've seen before on the podcast, which is cool, and uh, directed by Takeshi Koike, and it's. <laughs> this movie's wild. Yep, movie rips. Yeah, but yeah. We have we have Alex from the Swim Fans podcast on. So thank you for joining us, Alex. Ah, thanks for having me back on. <laughs> Always good to have you on, Alex. It's Miss it's you. been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's gotten to the point where um, when I hear your voice, I don't expect to um, talk back anymore. So this is <laughs> this is actually kind of awkward. Oh, that's sad. I kind of feel that way too, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're here talking about Redline, um, and actually, uh, Alex and I kind of have this almost mm-hmm. shared history with this film. It's kind of like I don't know. I I feel like I have a, had an exceptional experience uh, seeing this movie for the first time, and or really, it's thanks to you, Alex. So uh, I guess before we start talking about the movie, maybe let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, ab- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you want to go first because you're actually the one who showed me the like, what, what, <laughs> what was the thing you sent me? Was it so? The... It was probably the um, like the short because before they actually made a feature out of Redline, there was like a short kind of uh, mm-hmm. teaser kind of trailer, but its own original thing called yeah. Redline, and it's uh like a basically a awesome like music video. So uh, what Redline is is an animated feature. It's like a futuristic race. I think you know one way that I kind of would say is like kind of like wacky races meets f-zero or, <laughs> or something yeah that's actually that's a good comparison that, or, that, that is pretty dead on something by way of like um no more heroes or killer mm. something like goichi suda or platinum games like this is all video mm. game stuff but um it's basically a futuristic kind of race where it's like there are no rules anything mm. goes and you get to see all these kind of interesting uh, with, a, with a splash and... of uh, smoking the bandit thrown into oh yeah, 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 yeah. for sure totally the 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 main car of redline jp mm-hmm. our hero his car is called the trans am 
and um it's it's kind of loosely based on uh i'd say it's like a early 70s model trans am maybe mm-hmm. like a 71 or 72 oh yeah no it's it's very much like the the trans am from from smoking the bandit yeah it, it's great um so uh it's it's for me it's like this kind of pinnacle of hand-drawn 2d animation in a time where everything was transitioning away from that and incorporating cg this film and even just that little trailer is um kind of proudly wearing the badge like hey this is just hand-drawn animation and there are little like um touches that they use computers to assist with throughout the film but 99.9 percent of this movie is just a showcase of great artwork mm-hmm. and something that I live for. And uh, it was a, something that I didn't think could even exist. Even in the <laughs> time when it came out, 2009, I'm like, nobody's going to do anything like this anymore. And um, Madhouse was an animation studio that I really loved. And um, seeing them really kind of pay tribute to this legacy of 2D animation with this film was like, a dream come true and so i shared this short with alex knowing kind of already knowing what alex's taste was in animation because mm-hmm. i feel like alex you and i have pretty much bonded over animation over oh, the years yeah, even, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah even though i feel like <laughs> in some ways we have different tastes i feel like even with our different tastes is still a common bond of cartoons basically right we love cartoons (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and i I think that it's um we we both have a a solid eye for what's good and um i think we can both look at something and be like oh this this rules (laughs) yeah 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 and it's not like to sound like very fancy about it either like no no um, i feel like um one of the fun things that we've done over the years is kind of have the having this back and forth argument about whether akira or sleeping beauty <laughs> is better <laughs> so Which, like uh, I, uh, uh, we all know sleeping beauty is better so we and it's also this thing where it's like we love them both right yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know it's fun to kind of kind of go back and forth on like hey okay i i love akira of course but you know it's not perfect in certain ways and i admit that but i still will fight for akira right but sleeping beauty (laughs) is just like kind of like this astounding thing that exists well Mm. anyways okay it's an interesting comparison between the two (laughs) yeah like they're both landmarks of animation but are for very very different reasons Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah and 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 i think like red line is up there too yeah like um I don't know, probably the amount of time between Sleeping Beauty and, and uh, uh, Akira is similar to the distance between Akira and Redline. Oh, and Redline? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've always kind of bonded over this, and um, sharing Red Redline with Alex was really cool, but and what ended up happening is that Alex is part of this, um, basically like a, a, a film group in his college, and... Uh, I don't know who brought up the idea of doing it, but uh, what ended up happening is that Alex actually got a copy of Redline uh, and showed it at his college, and it was on a gigantic movie screen in a oh, college-sized cool. theater. <laughs> I actually so, have I have uh, some some stuff to say about that screening as well. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, uh, f- 
um, first off, uh, I believe you sent the trailer to us over Twitter during our radio show, which is a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> this is actually how we met. Um, but I think I think I remember being like, "This is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen." Um, when does the movie come out? And you were like, <laughs> "Like, keep waiting, bitch." Like, <laughs> no one fucking knows. Sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, uh, uh, and um, eventually, I got w- the the Japanese release happened, and I watched um, like the home media market in Japan for like months, waiting mm-hmm. for a copy to come out. Like, do, like, will a copy come out? Will it have English subtitles? And they were both up in the air. Like, like I had no idea when it was coming out. No idea if it would even like be useful for me to get a copy for Gonzo. But uh, 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 we Gonzo being the cinema group that I ran, and um, uh, uh, it, we voted it in one semester, and it didn't come out in time. Yeah. Um, so we had to replace it with another movie. Um, but then the next semester's voting came along. And um, I'm not going to name names, uh, but two people didn't show up that were supposed to show up. And um, I, I don't know if I've ever admitted this publicly, but it's the only time I've ever lied to get a movie shown at Gonzo. <laughs> um, I straight up, it was like a three-way tie with Redline and two other movies that I don't remember. And then I just was like, yep, Redline won. Awesome. Um, uh, uh, I've never, I swear, I never did that any other time. All those, like, and if you looked at the schedule, you'd, you'd know that, like, no, I would never, I would, if I was stacking these votes, I would never show this, this stuff. Nice. Um, uh, uh, but that was the one where it was just like, no, I've been watching this thing happen, like, for months. I've been waiting for a Japanese home release. A Japanese home release at this point, it was confirmed to have English subtitles, and yeah. I just didn't care anymore. And I'm a terrible liar. Um, that If you know me long enough, I, I, I have no poker face whatsoever. But, like, I, I, and so I, I, I made the split-second choice that, like, I'm going to lie about this in order to get it on that screen. And, um... And, and the only lie that I ever think that I was completely successful in 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 selling to other people, I just I I, I said, and Redline won. Um, next category. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'm thankful for that. Thanks for lying, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is everyone that I've said like, oh, I lied about that. Uh, everyone agreed like, oh, good call. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what the other two movies even would have been. I don't I remember. I guess it's telling that you don't remember them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lies are good, actually. That's yeah. great. Yeah, learn that. Sometimes you gotta from, do it. On Heroes Three Gaiden, we tell you that lying is good. Yeah, and we swear. Ask uh, Werner Herzog, what's up? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, um, I had to drive up to see this, so it was like. I don't know, like four and a half, five hour drive. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. My, me and Alberto, my friend, we we both um, we went up and yeah, we watched Redline. It was it was awesome. I, God, I'm I so happy to see that... Redline on a big screen. Yeah. Oh, it was and it, 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 it looked was, great. Yeah, yeah, and it was a basically I got a private screening of Redline <laughs> <laughs> in a college theater. That was that was so awesome. Um. Uh, uh, actually, it was pretty well attended. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, for our usual attendance, because we were like the non-theatrical screening group. Like there was another, there was like Campus Cinema, which would show like more recent films that weren't on video yet. 
Um, mm. But that one also, uh, uh, quick aside, uh, and this will be the last thing I say about the screening. Um, <laughs> afterwards, I, I, I walked to the back and there were three um, like middle-aged people standing there and they were like <laughs> smiling and I was like, oh, they just had to sit through this like assault of an anime movie. And I was like, how, how did you guys uh, like it? And they loved it. And they were like, oh, cool. the guy with the pompadour, he was like Elvis, right? And I was like, yep. Nice. Yes, he was. <laughs> I, do, I do honestly feel like there are things that are kind of universally appealing about Redline. One, yeah. I like the simplicity of it just being this futuristic race mm-hmm. and the amazing carnage that you witness throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would say is uh, Koike's... Um, uh, well, Takeshi Koike, we should mention, he's the director of this film. This was mm-hmm. his first directing... Um, uh, like feature length film. Yeah, feature yeah. length, like, yeah, feature, whatever. Anyways, it's the first thing he did on his own. And um, he paired up with um, uh, Katsuhito Ishii, who is somebody he had collaborated for a long time with. And Katsuhito Ishii is a uh, pretty well-known director in his own right. And he's kind of known for doing these kind of weird, quirky live-action films. And um, so they collaborated to make this feature. And um, Koike's art design kind of has some western uh like energy to it Mm -hmm. he always in in most of his major works that you'll see he always uses these heavy uh black shadows and i feel like sometimes you could say that's reminiscent of kind of western comics or totally um, totally. western cartoons and um yeah i think i read a thing that said that he was uh, frank miller was a big inspiration mm. for him you can definitely see that in the shadows and the shading Yeah. yeah sure so all the characters in the film are colored basically in flats with some highlights and then anything that's a shadow is it's handled just, just with a pure mm-hmm. black. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's so it, cool. Yeah, it gives its own its own style. And once you understand that signature, if you see other things that <laughs> he's worked on, you're like, "Oh, of course, that's oh, yeah, of course. that's Koike." <laughs> it's whenever you said that you were um in our group chat you were sending a bunch of links to other stuff that he worked on and one of them was the the opening to samurai shampoo and as soon as mm-hmm. i hadn't i hadn't watched that since i was a kid and when as soon as i saw it i was like oh yeah that's it that's yeah. him <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's that opening uh, rules by the way and yes, the Nujibes music oh. oh yeah super good the other thing i really wanted to mention about this film and of course uh, it's beautifully animated and I mean it's really hard to convey that on a podcast but I feel like honestly if you haven't seen Redline like and you you've enjoyed a cartoon at all in your entire <laughs> life yeah <laughs> you owe it to yourself to watch Redline because and it's, it's really it's very easy to find because it is entirely on in its entirety on YouTube for free I think it might just be the dub but the mm. dub's fine um, yeah yeah the, it's actually the, it's funny that you said that the about Elvis because the um the guy that does JP kind of has like a like it's not like an Elvis impersonation but it has like a little bit of that which is, oh, is yeah. kind of cool so nice uh, uh, um, every, the Japanese cast is really um uh, important too though um, it is yeah there's a lot of like a lot of like pop stars and stuff that are doing voices which is kind of cool huh. Yeah, JP, the the main character, his uh, voice actor is one of the members of the Japanese pop band uh, SMAP, which is like kind of like I think they hold one of the records for like the like 
biggest like single in like history like of the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty crazy and i mean they're kind of more of a boy more than a boy band like almost like a phenomenon the whole time they were around and um uh, fun fact about him too i don't know if he's very best say but um he hasn't done too many other voicing like voice roles uh but one of the other ones he did is how from how's moving castle yeah yeah and it's, um it's surprising he's really great in this yeah i think so too and uh frisbee the mechanic is played by tadanobu asano who, uh, kakihara that we saw in ichi the killer and this was yeah, his yeah. Uh, first animated role too. He was a frequent uh, a frequent collaborator with uh, Ishii. So um, movies like Funky Forest and The Taste of Tea. He's mm. been in all those. Um, I did want to call out uh, Frisbee. The dubber for him is uh, Liam O'Brien, who's he, obviously he's anime dubber. He's been in a billion things, but most people will probably know him now because he's one of the guys on Critical Role with Matt Mercer and all of them. Oh, so, wow. okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So there's there's a pretty Pro's cool. Like, yeah. Cast. Cool. Du- get that dub shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll go on the record as saying I I, I usually prefer dubs. Um, because mm. I like to watch the animation. Well, mm. and that is what I was gonna say. I I I couldn't. I don't. I mean, if you want to watch dub, that's fine. For me, I always usually watch stuff in the original audio with subtitles. But Redline, such a visually striking film. If you just want to look at everything and not be distracted by anything else, watch it dubbed. Watch it raw. Didn't I feel like after we watched? So so yeah, uh, Yeah. this was like an experience (laughs) that I've never also had before. Is after we finished watching Redline, we went back to your place, right, Alex? And then we just watched mm, yeah. it again immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, I feel like we watched it just straight in Japanese. We didn't even have subtitles on. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's yeah. So I've never actually seen the dub because I, I, I my only copy of it is my Blu-ray from that I imported. Oh, from. Like, way back Japan when, when mm-hmm. i needed to get a copy of it before it was officially released in america <laughs> yeah yeah it's so crazy um and uh takashi koike the director also um so i wanted to just talk about him a little bit before we kind of get into the movie and I, sure. I i think we're just gonna we're just gonna be talking about red light we're not gonna kind of do the usual thing where we go from point to point and bring up the plot because Honestly, the plot isn't really that thick. I, I do enjoy things about it, but it's not super yeah. like worth getting mm-hmm. into. But um, there's a big space race. The guy almost lo- loses, but then gets into the even bigger space race and wins. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's red line. <laughs> um, so Koike actually his basically most of his animation career was with Madhouse, and what I found out is that he actually straight out of high school started working for Madhouse uh, and um, most of his career leading up to Redline is all different works uh, for Madhouse. And then after that, actually, we could talk a little bit about um, the aftermath of Redline. So it actually wasn't a success for for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the movie took a long time to make <laughs> some yeah, people like say it took like seven years. yeah i've heard people say the reality is that it took more like five years but even still it was like such a long development and mm. such a big build up to something that really didn't pay off the way that madhouse wanted this is an original idea original property not based on anything licensed or anything like that so kind of it was a risk in this kind of late uh aughts you know to kind of just drop and um actually after redline came out koike wouldn't work with madhouse much so he ended up uh, working on some of the lupin series so there's actually like a um couple tv series and a couple features Mm -hmm. that have kind of this signature same kind of redline style but uh, it's uh filtered through lupin so it's it's kind of cool if you wanted to check those out and I've heard really good things. I haven't seen them myself. Yeah, um, I, I think I watched like the first episode when it came out because I knew it hmm. was him. But um, as I always do with TV shows, is I watch the first episode and go, "Oh, neat!" And then I never. Uh, <laughs> <them again> <laughs> <laughs> that is something I wanted to talk about when it comes to animation too. So you know, like when you're watching a cartoon. Or you'll see like the first episode and it just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Then you watch episode two and it's like, oh, it's not, you know. So like basically, the you just the pilot. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah. the pilot. <laughs> so there's kind of it's like that energy of watching the first episode of an anime or of a TV show or that big episode of a cartoon where the villains finally confront the heroes in this huge fight. Like that's like what all of redline is is that mm-hmm. same energy it's like yeah. it's like an energy drink of a film for your that's, eyeballs yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's perfect yeah, yeah yeah it's really great so there's a term that you'll see people like anime nerds use called sakuga and <laughs> I, was, it, I was gonna bring that up yeah yeah it's it basically means like i i think it literally just means like drawing pictures and mm-hmm. um it's kind of a it's a Japanese term that's been kind of appropriated by Western anime culture to mean kind of like really well animated sequences or kind of animation. It's like the love of animation in animation. Mm. So uh, I'll, an easy way to think of is like anytime there's a really cool anime fight <laughs> like in Naruto or, or something like that has a really high quality of animation people will call that sakuga and you can look up online you if you go on youtube you can find animators uh have like people put super cuts together of animators sakuga so um there's a great twitter called random sakuga that just shows really cool super well oh yeah from from different yeah 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 for sure for sure and Uh, uh, god bless those psychos (laughs) yeah for real it's great. You'll see they're called MADS, M-A-Ds, and that's actually, it stands for Music Anime Doga, which means video. So it's like a music video just showcasing really nice animated clips. Oh, cool. And um, through that, you can find, um, like, animators. Like, you find, like when you watch a film, you see, like, in, like, something like Redline, most of the film has the same kind of, uh, quality to it where it's like mm-hmm. super nice and everything's very on model but you will see a couple moments in the movie where it kind of drastically changes mm-hmm. based yeah, on some, what's happening there's some wild squash and stretch in some <laughs> sequences yeah yeah and um one of the ones that i always like to bring up is an animator his name is shinya ohira and he's worked he's worked in the industry forever he's 
literally like grandmaster animator in my eyes and um so you know when volton combines with that creature and he fights funky boy you know funky (laughs) so in the movie there's funky boy (laughs) yeah um and how wild that looks and how Mm -hmm. fluid and everything that's Mm -hmm. like ohira style gotcha um i was kind of think because that that whole sequence like and i kind of it's part of what i love about the movie is that the b there's like the b plot to the movie is almost like the b movie to the movie (laughs) like like it's like there's a second movie that's happening in the background of the main story of of the racers and and the preparation that's like that's almost like this like not, not i don't know the only thing i can think of to compare it to is like gundam because it's like this huge intergalactic war between these different factions yeah i think and, stylistically i i that gives me a lot of akira energy though when, oh, fun, when oh, funky yeah. boy shows up mm-hmm. lots of weird melting uh, when he, things and when that guy fuses with that guy that thing yeah right yeah mm-hmm. totally yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm yeah. talking about yeah um but uh, yeah, Koike, he did so much for this film, like besides just being a director, he did like storyboards, he was a key animator on the movie, he um, he's like the animation like supervisor, so like you'll see a lot of the behind the scenes footage, you know, he's very passionate, very like super into like seeing everything, the um... I don't know. I just I think it's like so cool that this movie exists. <laughs> it yeah. is. Um, it, 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 it's really wild to me that it didn't succeed, because mm-hmm. I feel like if you show like any person with firing synapses, like <laughs> thirty <laughs> seconds of, of any thirty seconds of red line, they'd be like, "Yeah, show me that. Did you tell me this, this? You got like a, a an hour and forty more minutes of this? Like, yeah, sign me up, man." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the plot a little bit since we are yeah. starting to talk about stuff like that. So yeah. I don't, I don't know, Matthew, if you wanted to yeah. do like a back of the VHS uh, kind of thing. This, or... this, this here's three guy, baby. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no, rules. no rules. <laughs> no rules. No rules. Marty leaves, so the kids come out and play. So <laughs> that was um, the the theme of the film, like production wise, was let's make a movie that defies all logic. So mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, let's do whatever the hell we want right now. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, the I will say, obviously, I love the rest of the movie, but the opening race, the yellow line race, is the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Oh, it's <laughs> like, so good. It's, it's incredible. Like, yeah. if you watch, mm-hmm. like, you, you'll find there's a super high quality version of just the opening race on YouTube. If you watch nothing else from this, watch that, and you'll want to watch the rest of the movie. Because it's yeah. um it's outrageously amazing. There's so much like characterization and world building done in ten minutes. Yeah. At, in addition to having like this insane sense of speed. Mm-hmm. There are, that's, that's like one thing about this movie that I love is that there's no real throwaway characters in it. Like it feels like every character feels like they have a, a complete backstory, even mm-hmm. if they're on screen for like literally two seconds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sure. the 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 little boy with his dad messing yeah, around with the yeah, camera. Yeah. He's in during two scenes, and it's just it captures everything that is you need to know about. It's like this. Yeah, this you learn amazing... so much about them in those two shots they're in. <laughs> it's this yeah, incredible they're... race, and the and then whenever like all of the cars go by, and after like a second, it's done, 
and then everyone just starts cheering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and the music by uh, James Shimoji, it's like oh, this yeah. kind of throbbing, like pulse pounding kind of EDM, but there's like guitars where there needs to be guitars. But especially in this first race, you just kind of enraptured you know visually and audibly with what what's gonna happen who's gonna win this race it's taking place on this planet i like it too because um it's kind of like a dog person planet but there's all these different (laughs) races so like like you said those little weird alien kid with his glasses and Mm. there's like weird long lanky looking creatures um but like you were saying alex there's even characters you only see for a moment they'll get their own like kind of stamp of uh, personality because one of the racers in the yellow line race is uh from this planet and you see it's like a dog dude mm-hmm. yeah with his, like goggles on and stuff so yeah they're like it's this like, planet's own yeah and just little things like that really kind of build a world that you'll never see and what i do know is that they at some point they were talking about to before they made a feature, they were going to make a TV series out of this. So they had a like a Bible full of notes oh, for characters. I believe And um, they had to really kind of uh, simplify everybody down because they wouldn't have time to go over all the details. One of the things I remember is that Sonoshi, uh, in uh, the designs that they had for her, she had like a robot assistant and like her own kind of weird other background. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably why the characters feel so real in the movie because they had a lot of stuff to pull from that they didn't end up using. Yeah. But um, it's, whenever I first I'm... watched the movie, I knew nothing about it except for it was a really well animated movie with uh, with cars and racing. That was all I knew about it going into it. So mm. whenever they're introducing all the racers and the, and they're saying like, oh, this is like the the magical princess who uses this thing in her car <laughs> and then jp with the trans am yeah yeah nice yeah he's got a pontiac what's yeah. up <laughs> he's got I a do... possibly hundreds of years old car <laughs> yeah i do like the um the the difference between sonoshi's vehicle and uh, jp's yeah. sonoshi has they call it the crab sonoshi and it kind of aesthetically kind of looks like a crab. It's very color. It's colored like a crab, mm-hmm. but it's this very round, bubbly type vehicle. It's like a hover car. And then uh, JP has this Trans Am. Oh, it's called the Trans Am 20,000 WR. <laughs> That's the name of the car. <laughs> and it's very angular and very cubic in its own design. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, um, I gotcha. Got yeah, I feel like they right. play off each other really well. Uh, the this one is, thing I found out was random fact. Mm. Maybe it's not so fun. I don't know. Um, do you guys know what cherry boy means? Oh, I was yeah. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say that, that out. I literally <laughs> found that out just like yesterday. And I was like, yeah. oh, cherry boy means a, a virgin. So yeah, it's, it's, like a so it's virgin, virgin hunter. Yeah, you can cool. name a girl that. You can't name a guy that. Yeah, yeah, you name a guy virgin hunter. It's a little more problematic. <laughs> and but it's cool because kind of... in the movie, she's like, wait, what did they call me? Yeah, yeah she's yeah. kind of mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the one other thing I found out was that JP, that I, this is on the Japanese Wikipedia page for Redline, JP stands for Joshua Punkhead. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. 
That is such a Japanese name. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Joshua Punkhead. Yep. And they call him Sweet JP. And what you find out about that is that he's like a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, his character in the movie is like he only cares about racing. So mm-hmm. in Redline, there are no rules. So everybody can use weapons. And you'll see people using really underhanded techniques to win. And he doesn't want any weapons on his car. He just wants to race. Yeah. So they kind of call him Sweet JP. He's like too nice to use a knife or something. Um, <laughs> he does pull I, out a knife, but it's a comb knife. <laughs> I, I, I guess I kind of thought Sweet JP was like an ironic name um, because mm. he he um, was arrested for fixing races. Oh, I like that too. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's like one of the facets of his whole character and his history, him and uh, his mechanic, Frisbee, in the film. They're mm-hmm. like lifelong friends, and um, yeah, Frisbee seems to kind of gotten in with some bad people, some Yakuza types, the Inuki clan, they call them, and um, that kind of, it puts like kind of like a sour note on uh, JP's character, because uh, when Sonoshi finds that out, it's kind of like, oh, like, he's not as like... He's not an honorable racer like I am. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Sonoshi yeah. actually has more of the qualities of like a shonen hero character than JP does. Yeah. I think like, that's what makes JP interesting though, is yeah. that he does have kind of this checkered past and he is looking to just sort of get like on with his life in in a um a way that more fits to his ideas or ideals. Mm. And um I think he he's a, a a much more interesting character because of it. If he was just like another um, uh, wide eyed uh, uh, shonen protagonist, I don't think it would have the same effect when he, um, you know, actually does succeed. Mm. And 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 when um, they do hit the the thing at the end of it, um, uh, uh, turning the thing his friend used to rig the race against him into the thing that propels him to victory. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't that kind of beautiful about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do have some some redline theories. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs> um, so one, I I'm pretty sure I probably talked to you about this over the years, Alex. I feel like uh, the 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 yakuza boss oh, is yeah, the yeah, yeah. the hero that JP sees in the flashback. Oh yeah, you, you yeah. pointed that out to me pretty early on after we mm. watched it, and and every I've I've looked for it every time, and I think it's there mm. because there's, I think there's you like could argue for girls. it. There's yeah, that, um, the dude kisses in in the flashback, and then he has two girls surrounding him at the at the end where uh uh uh, uh at, where he is at the during the red line race. Yeah, yeah. So I think. I think it's kind of cool if you really are into that because you have this ideal that JP's trying to strive for. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is that this dude ended up, you know, becoming like a Yakuza boss and he ends up dying throughout the, you know, during the film. And JP kind of reaches for this glory that he doesn't realize doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. My other one. That would make sense why they were even got wrapped up in it because yeah you know, he had trusted him and yeah because in the flashback it's like jp sees him mm-hmm. like after they like get beat up or whatever you don't really know what happens but jp's kind of down and out and he sees 
that dude like all shiny and glorious mm-hmm. so be f- around from the same area in, um, in one of this movie's many scenes of people crying <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah the other one and i was watching closer for this this time is something that i've always kind of thought is i feel like machine head is sonoshi's father Uh-oh. have i talked to you about that no Alex? go on though I'm, I'm open to it let's let's uh let's sell me on this so uh sonoshi talks about her father in the past tense she doesn't really um the way she talks is like he's not around anymore mm-hmm. but uh she says like all he cared about was racing and all he wanted to do was win um when jp first talks to sonoshi uh when they're on the uh, euro pass the, the the robo world moon they meet in a restaurant and he says like hey i just wanted to talk to you she's like oh well i'm waiting for somebody um so as that scene plays uh, out and the machine head walks in yeah. a few minutes later Whoa. yep so you see everybody react to machine head coming in and when you look at sonoshi she she has like a knowing wave and glance at him that nobody else sees and the other thing is sonoshi and machine head are the only people that have the steam light which is that kind of oh, yeah, the, you're right. the jewel on her necklace <laughs> that ends up being like the power boost at the end of the film. And that's what he uses. And when when she's going to use it at the end, Machine Head, they have this kind of knowing conversation back and forth. Like, oh, are you really going to use it? Like, do you mm-hmm. think you can do this? So uh, uh, the other thing about Machine Head is that he's known as this kind of person that's modified himself over years just so he can race mm-hmm. just just so he can yeah. win so when they show him for the first time you see kind of like the older versions of him and um uh seeing the scene you kind of see that evolution of where yeah, he looks, he looks, now, where he looks more human like in the flashback mm-hmm. or like the like expose on him and then we see him today he's like just he looks just like a robot mm-hmm. yeah so i i feel i mean for me i think those little clues are there if you wanted to pull from it. They never say it officially, but um, I kind of like to think that uh, Machine Head is their dad. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's fun. I never thought of. I, I gotcha. Even never would have thought of that. Even if, and even if it's not her father, they def it definitely that definitely points to them having some connected past of some kind. So yeah, I've never looked too deep online i mean because there's not the, the I mean, red line talk. fan community <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know maybe i'll i'll see if anybody's talking about that there was another thing too that i thought i had to look through my notes anyways those are my <laughs> red line theories, uh, yeah, theories. <laughs> uh, i i mean i think that there is like like so much of this movie is the little details as well like mm-hmm. there's always kind of something going on in the background in a lot of these shots, which is like why um, I think uh, uh, why the second act works so well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it it, it takes it takes the explosive like yellow line opening and and kind of grinds it to a halt in anticipation for the red line, and um, you just sort of hang out with the characters in it for about a half hour or so yeah i i love that that you say that because i feel like people that have any criticisms of the film will bring that up that it's like uh there's a like the second act is super slow and nothing really happens and you know there's only really two races in this film 
I feel like that's cool. That, I, I, yeah, that's such an asset for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, you kind of... If you're just... I mean, the, the movie does need to give you a moment to just breathe, yes. too. Because how exciting <laughs> yeah. the races are. The other thing... Oh, yeah, that was the other thing I want to mention. Is... um. What year did the uh, Speed Racer movie come out? Uh, <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, right around this time, right before this. Yeah. Like the opening for that film, like kind of is like it's it's like one of my favorite things ever. It's amazing. It's a movie. That movie. I swear to God, that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, and and like especially that just that beginning and yeah. Yellow Line is a really good like animated like counterpart to. Mm-hmm. That opening race in the Speed Racer film, and honestly, you could, um, you know, draw a comparison between Speed Racer and uh, Red Line too, because it's like this death-defying race. All there's cars blowing up left and right, <laughs> uh, and they both were incredibly unsuccessful at the box office. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes, you're totally right. That's funny, but yeah. So, you know, like, Yellow Line happens in the film. JP's just about to win. But Sonoshi wins because Frisbee ignites this uh, bomb that plant that was planted because he needs the race to be fixed so yeah. they can win. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird too because he's doing that to get the money to pay for the stuff that he does for JP. Really, yeah. <laughs> like they want a nicer engine, they want to be able to pay for the stuff that they have, and he wants JP to have the best of the best so he can do good. But at the same time he's working with the mob and has to kind of sabotage JP. And it seems like this happens a lot. (laughs) I feel Um, like, so my impression of that was that they got paid more from the mafia than they did for winning the race. mm -hmm. Um, and that JP needed the money or else he would go back to jail. Uh, uh, yep. That's, that's kind of the impression I got, which is why they kept doing this particular grift. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, Redline is, like, the biggest of the big, right? Um, But they're still kind of trapped in this web. And Frisbee, really, when he talks to JP about it, he's like, it's not like a negotiation. He's like, you know, there's no choice. You, we have to do this. It's it's great. Both of them insist, and they don't ever, like, really come, either of them come to a conclusion. They're just like, no, we're doing it my way. And mm-hmm. then Frisbee will go, okay, my way it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. Um, I do like that about JP charming. too because yeah, he, mor- morally I he knows all this is happening and it, it's not like he doesn't he doesn't have like a sense of justice about it. Mm-hmm. He knows it's happening but he's still so focused on winning the race that he just lets this kind of shady stuff happen. Yeah, so then like what we we're saying the second act really sets up all the players for yeah. Redline the 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 final race and um Redline JP gets into Redline because he's voted in because he he two of the guys that qualified aren't gonna race because it's on Robo World. Yeah, and there's Ro- this whole like <laughs> political background mm-hmm. that like Robo like the Redline race is completely illegal and the government of Robo World it's like it's like a sacred religious site or something like that is where they're having yeah. a race and so the government of Robo World doesn't want them to where <laughs> they're doing to have fucked it. up. <laughs> uh weapon experiments and stuff yeah I swore yeah again. It's, <laughs> no it's okay we're swearing dude okay <laughs> fuck it <laughs> um it's like yeah there's like secret government weapons and they they're worried that 
the attention that Redline would bring to Robo World would like reveal like all the secret stuff you're doing. But also you've got an organization that doesn't show up at all, but the like the racing commission has a couple racers that have their own kind of secret agendas too. So mm-hmm. um, we could go over the other racers for Redline. I think I took some notes on these dudes. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Machine Head. And uh, so we've also got <laughs> a, a duo of uh, pop idols called the Super Boins. Number one icons. <laughs> on, uh... They're great. My fa- my personal favorite Redline racing team. Oh man, awesome! Yeah, they're they're great. So uh, the Super Boys are made up of what is it? Two two women, Boy Boy and Bosbos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have a vehicle called the Boeing Car, which uh, it's even when you see it the first time, you're like, that changes into a robot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a blow up doll. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It changes into a robot with boobs, and it does. Yep. It's so cool because it's totally like a Mazinger Z, like Aphrodite, yeah, yeah, like yeah. robot with like boobs. She doesn't shoot boob rockets, but the cockpit <laughs> are like boobs. And so. the boobs, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, the, the, I, in the, the tail end of this movie gets real super robot-y. Yeah. And like the oh, first yeah. part isn't as like, like fantastical, which I think is part of why I like it. It's like, it's, you know, it's crazy and sci-fi, but it gets, it gets real wacky in the, in the, mm. in the movie. Yeah, because Robo World is defending themselves against the race, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I really like. Because like the first thing that happens, and actually the way this race starts is they drop them like from like high altitude. Like all the racers get dropped, yeah. and they're descending onto Robo World, and they're just getting fired on the whole time by all this artillery. It's great. Um, but then we have the two others that I was kind of leading into: uh, Lynchman and Johnny Boy. They're like two like I don't know like seem like super villains or they they call themselves bounty hunters, but um, I, I got the I got the impression they were superheroes because their whole um like there, there's the news broadcast in the second act and their whole thing is edited like a like a toku thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it it says great. that it says that he has like Lynchman has a movie studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in that little uh, trailer. Yeah, and they have like a website <laughs> at the end of their thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all I think, think that... that Johnny Boy looked kind of like Beavis? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. He looks like a like a No More Heroes version of Beavis. I need to look this up, sorry. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Totally. Keep going. Yeah. Yep, so um, Lynchman and Johnny Boy... They've got like this kind of secret mission to sabotage RoboWorld. Uh, what RoboWorld has, they have like this satellite beam, something like Soul and Akira, uh, that they're ready to just destroy everybody once they start Redline. And uh, Lynchman and Johnny Boy are able to disable the laser uh, so the race can start. Mm-hmm. He does look like Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's great i really love their little uh like calisthenics martial arts warm-up yeah, they, uh, yeah like yeah. get into the uh base that's really really fun, that's fun. and then there's um, also uh trava and shinkai which are like there's it's kind of like your you know you standard like kind of hot-blooded guy and his like more cool kind of nerdy sidekick 
But mm-hmm. what's cool about them is that there was this, there was like an OVA in the same universe that was made like, <laughs> like six years or something before mm-hmm. Redline came out. And yeah, cool. it was one, it was a thing that I had read about when I first watched Redline, but then actually watched it this time. And it's pretty neat. It's, it's, it's weird seeing like it's Redline, but on like more of a TV budget. Yeah. So like yeah, it still it, looks really good. It's just not quite the crazy high you know, production value that the movie is. I, I, I watched it a long time ago and it kind of gave me like a liquid TV or liquid television oh. vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, coloring and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's great that you mentioned that because I honestly do feel like um, Peter Chung's like Aeon Flux. Oh, yeah. Is, is very in line with the designs that you see from Koike. So I've got to imagine that he he's a fan of Aeon totally. Flux. Uh, uh, they both contributed to the Animatrix as well. Oh, right, right. And Shinya Ohira. So, yeah, Koike did uh, I, it's world, world record. record. The yeah. one where the guy's running. And that yeah, totally the guy, looks... The guy runs so hard, he almost escapes the Matrix. Yep. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really one. good. There's, and, a, uh, there's a swim fans uh, about the Animatrix. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. Go listen to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's the one right after that is the one where the kid's escaping from the agents in school. Yeah. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. one? Oh, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. Anyways, that's Shinya Ohira. He he does animation in that. And you can see that really, really loose, very almost mm-hmm. impressionistic style of animation. Uh, that's I think it's called Kid Story. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that's the one that follows immediately right after um, World Record. So yeah, uh, Shinkai and Trava, they their car is called the Speedmaster, and that in the Trava Fist Planet, they have like this away ship basically that they use to go do stuff. And in Fist Planet, that's called the Speedmaster. So mm. even though it doesn't look the same in Redline, it's the named after the thing in uh, the OVA, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, we've also got Gory Rider, who's like this like policeman, oh, yeah. like this like badass like um, I don't know. He's like a dirty cop basically, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, his whole thing. I mean, obviously everybody wants to win Redline, but he's kind of on the chase for Miki and Todoroki, who are two uh, other racers that are kind of like these criminal dudes. And I, I like that. Um, Gory has this Arnold T2 like oh I, he I does was, the, I'm so happy you brought that up yeah he does the sh- oh like the shotgun reload the shotgun around yeah, and reload yeah, it. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's really cool I love seeing stuff like that did um, you look into stuff about his uh, voice actor so yeah, yeah. I, yeah so Daisuke Gory was the voice for Gory Dider and actually it was his last role mm-hmm. um but um uh, Daisuke Gori's legendary voice actor that I've always loved and I mean I was really sad to hear about his passing he's uh, Heihachi from the Tekken games Whoa. and um, yeah he was Mr. Satan in yeah. Dragon Whoa. Ball Z yeah. yep, yep. very very distinct voice and, and uh, connected to the podcast that I found um, is that he was the narrator in the Cutie Honey anime oh, uh, from nice. the 70s and he did <laughs> E-Honda in the animated Street Fighter 2 movie oh perfect yeah of course you love e honda carlos (laughs) yeah oh man we shouldn't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, for the listeners, Alex plays E Honda in Super Turbo. I play Fei Long, and uh, I have a long history of losing to Alex's E Honda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a uh, very long history of losing yeah, to my e yeah, kind of bad <laughs> but um that's a bad matchup i'm not don't i, I don't want to sound like that on the, i don't want to sound like that on the podcast <laughs> ggs ggpo ain't cheap if it's in the game <laughs> right um so uh, miki and todoroki uh they're like these human dudes what i really like is they're their vehicle for red line it's basically like an insect with legs so there's no wheels or anything well mm-hmm. i think it has a wheel in the front and the back but it's basically like crawling so the other thing that's really cool is that when they show them driving the vehicle they're pedaling like yeah, they're pedaling yeah, a bike yeah. <laughs> like can it you looks imagine that amazing the animation on that looks incredible it's, yeah it's like great the, the way it's, that like like even more so than a lot of the other stuff in it they're like throwing their weight around like mm. pedaling and um y- y- it looks like they're they're just just in a hot like uh <laughs> like a submarine or something yeah like it looks it totally it looks amazing Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're like when they're really trying to go for it you see they're like pounding their their thighs like just yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. an athlete just pushing themselves to the limit just to keep in the race it's it's great uh uh before i saw the movie there's a really great trailer um for redline i mean there's not a bad trailer for redline because <laughs> just to just to look at 10 seconds of footage from redline is enough to sell someone on redline <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it's like it's just a highlight of amazing shots from Redline set to Redline Day, and um, uh, they include th- like those shots in it too, and they're completely correct to do so. Yeah, yeah. It's the the thing about the race. Uh, so Redline starts, and everybody falls in, and everybody's getting attacked. Robo World sends out all their soldiers. Um, oh, also, there's a little kind of back and forth between this soldier. His name is Dezuna and trava and shinkai so in the film they say that um trava and shinkai are like kind of deserters from Mm -hmm. the robo world army and uh dezuna is this soldier that seems like they were friends but now he feels betrayed by them so he's kind of got this vendetta against trava and shinkai and it's kind of cool and i feel like they could have built on it a little more but uh Dezuna ends up going AWOL from the Robo World Army just so he can join the race to get at Trava, which I mm-hmm. think is is super cool. And I mean, there's a lot going on in this last race, but that's kind of another little fun facet to the race that I really feel like could have been expanded into kind of a, a climactic scene. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Also, a lot of crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's actually important to Dezuna because mm-hmm, Dezuna, right. they it's say... Like that's how he powers up, is by crying. Yeah, when he cries. <laughs> yep. And you've also got the Voltan, the, the colonel from the Robo World Army. He's kind of like, I don't know, he's, he gives me like Captain America energy or, or yeah. I guess more like uh, Homelander from the boys, like this twisted, <laughs> heroic <laughs> energy to him that I, I really enjoy. There and, is a real... Uh, like negative kind of nationalism to his design Mm. it's really good it's very cool and you could almost argue he's got like his own pompadour with the way that his helmet (laughs) yeah he's dark pompadour absolutely i i like that um dark pompadour sounds like a sailor moon villain (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As the race is continuing, a gory rider ends up crashing into this underground area. And what you find out is that they're holding this secret biological weapon called Funky Boy. Funky Boy. I love love the way they say it. It's cool because it seems like this ancient creature that's trapped in a block of kind of ice, it almost looks like. And it ends up escaping in the middle of the race. So um, this is what I was saying. It's kind of like a hero it's very like it's a like Kira. this <laughs> world-ending cataclysmic yeah. uh, thing. And it, it, has to get, it has to get attacked by an orbital cannon. <laughs> yeah, so they end up having to use that laser on Funky Boy because Funky Boy, uncontrolled, could just destroy everything. <laughs> I really like how Funky Boy is basically like a a child it's like a baby mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like this world ending like ending baby. baby yeah it's really cool and uh, Gygus. yeah <laughs> yeah for sure when it shoots it's like laser it has like a baby's cry that turns into this mm-hmm. high-pitched noise and just immediately you see so much destruction and um the other thing that i really love about redline is you know if you watch a lot of cartoons and you're watching a scene you can immediately see when there's something that isn't painted that you know it's <laughs> yeah, like there's the yeah. background and yeah, you're like that's yeah, gonna yeah. move because it's a painted cell mm-hmm. yep. in redline it's almost hard to tell what's what because everything's so uh in line with it like everything mm-hmm. has the same kind of polish to it and yeah, they have um, such a tight grasp of the color palette yeah it's 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 really awesome when you see like uh, instances of background animation in Redline because uh, yeah it's just I don't know what these guys were up to and I don't know if anybody slept while they were making this in that <laughs> five to eight years but it's just like I'm so thankful that it exists and mm-hmm. that we can watch it over and over and over and over and I've talked about on the podcast before how sometimes you don't want to see stuff in high definition because it kind of takes away from it I take all that back with this episode because yeah. Redline, you honestly watch it on the biggest TV you have mm-hmm. and the best definition that you can watch it in because 100%. it just deserves it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's see. Um, what else do we want to so, talk about? Uh, one uh, thing uh, that I, I love sorry. is that we, we talked about it briefly, but I love the that one. I love that Redline is like the biggest, literally the biggest thing in the galaxy. <laughs> Like, mm. there's an entire news network that is just talking about this race <laughs> that apparently only happens once every five years. Yep. <laughs> um, and the, the TV has, like, these, like, uh, like features kind of on all the different racers, and that's how you get to learn about them. But one of my favorite dumb I, – I, it has to be a joke in the movie is whenever um, Sonoshi sees them doing, like, a thing about her – then there's like a close-up of her working on something and she says oh it's a great shot of my ass and (laughs) then it it immediately cuts to her boobs oh yeah she's sitting on the couch i think that's a joke (laughs) yeah that's pretty good i like it i wanted to defend the second act of red line more Oh yeah, go for um, it. I mean, I don't. I don't want you to think that I don't like the second act of it. I, just I don't. Think I don't think. I don't the... think you're you're saying that at all. Yeah. But um, I want to defend that. Like this movie slows down in like really key moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the the sign of like, um, like knowing when to slow down is just as important as knowing when to speed up. 
Mm-hmm. And if you look at a movie, like in I racing, this movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the movie, the movie, uh, uh, stops driving and starts racing, as as Speed Racer would say. Um, the movie uh, Dead Leaves is actually a, a movie I really like, but um, is 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 about half the length of Red Line, but feels um longer than Red Line because it just doesn't stop. Mm. Um, yeah yeah which is like kind of the point of of dead leaves is that like maybe uh uh, maybe this is a movie designed to be shown at like raves or something um (laughs) yeah that might be the optimal venue for it is 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 like a a a cheap projector blasting across a, a blank wall at an underground rave um which is great and i love dead leaves um but uh there, there would be no shot of the char- the main characters of Dead Leaves lying in a be- in a bed of flowers for forty five seconds. <laughs> oh, that's like one of my favorite moments. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, JP ends up crashing his bike and he flies and he lands in this like JP field eats of flowers. Shit so many times yeah. in this movie, it's, it's oh, great. Yeah. It's, it's great. great. <laughs> you you go slam cut from like 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 death defying speed to just stopping immediately and it, it holds on it it's great it's yeah. brilliantly paced mm-hmm. in this this moment he actually has like this flash literally sees his, his life, life flash right? before his eyes yeah but it's so cool because he lands and he survives and he's just laying there and you see his eyes flare with a fire of like yeah. determination and it's like super chill and casual, but it's like the most hot blooded like anime moment in the whole movie. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that Koike worked on Dead Leaves too, Alex. I think he, I think he did. I think yeah, I, I yeah, looked yeah. it up and he did. <laughs> That's cool. Um, or you sent something that said he did. I don't know. I remember yeah. reading that recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, yeah, Koi Kid worked on this Iron Man anime pilot for Madhouse. That and, pilot's wild. Yeah, when <laughs> when you watch that, you're like, mm-hmm. so you you see it. It just looks exactly like the production team from Redline mm-hmm. just made mm-hmm. an Iron Man animated short. Yeah. And uh, the the TV series that actually ended up coming out didn't have like that same like feeling to it they used cg for a lot of the uh, mm. armor on that show and koike worked on some of the episodes but honestly it the show itself didn't live up to that teaser trailer i remember those that stretch of marvel madhouse yeah. anime being pretty underwhelming yeah it was really sad that was around the first time for me when uh, I saw Madhouse stuff and I was kind of disappointed. There was also that Highlander anime that was handled by Madhouse. What? And it was, dude, I'm it was not. It was not. That. No, that's a shame because that that sounds cool. But there... yeah, it sounds so good. But it was just not not really. It was one of the first times that I regretted buying a DVD. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there is one good Highlander thing, and it's the movie Highlander. And even <laughs> that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, uh, it's it, the it's the, the cinematography in Highlander is the high point of Highlander because it, it looks so it looks so goddamn. 80s yeah yeah it, it rules r.i.p sean connery <laughs> oh yeah yeah, wow. yeah. whoa <laughs> damn um sorry didn't mean to bring everyone down no um i don't know what else we want to talk about for 
I mean, cool to talk about like the the final thing to wrap it up. But oh else. yeah, um, it escalates perfectly too. Um, uh, even after the just the calamity of the the red line race, um, once again, it it, it expertly knows when to stop. And mm-hmm. it's to have that conversation between JP and and Sanoshi, Sanoshi, and yeah. um, uh, uh, it uh, uh, they have like kind of a heart to heart moment where they decide they're going to race together, and yeah, because um, Sanoshi's sort of, car gets completely destroyed and like it's yeah. completely non salvageable. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, "I'm going to take you to the end of this race," and then they drive off, and there's a like a masterful transition between where they are and then the final part of the race. And um, if like, like the, it's so stylish in the way that it moves from like, we're nowhere near the end of the race to they go through like a tiny mountain pass. And then it's all of a sudden it's the end of the race. It's, it's, I don't think it's supposed to be literal. I think it's supposed to be like a, a, this is just a wonderful transition. And, and, um, then they start like paying off on a lot of the stuff they introduced earlier. The the blue stone steam light, yeah, steam light, steam light. Um, uh, that pays off in a, in a, in a good way because you understand that it's um this really powerful version of the thing you already know about, and um and seeing sort of like the, this like uh, machine head using two of them, like you you understand the weight of everything that's happening, and yeah. um uh, uh it's great and. I feel like, oh God, should I? I can, I can shut up. Uh, uh, did you guys <laughs> <No>. see? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine, dude. Did, did you guys see what was that last Star Wars movie? The Rise, the of, Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. They oh, try no. to, they try to do an anime ending, and they, and, and they <laughs> fuck it up so bad. <laughs> they, they don't get, they don't get anything about the setup of that because you don't, they don't properly, like, escalate. And and they do this thing where it's like put out a call for every spaceship to show up at the end of the movie. It's like yeah. what they say, and then there's no like uh, 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 I'm I'm gonna go to like nine different references in like thirty seconds. There's a scene in the birds <laughs> with Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, where uh, where uh, you see some birds landing behind Tippi Hendren. She turns away. Um, you look. She looks back. There's like four birds there now absolutely terrifying she looks away <laughs> she looks back there's like 60 fucking birds on this jungle gym mm. and it's 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 re- really shocking and it's because you know what the bird means you know what one bird can do and when they introduce <laughs> 60 of them it far it just explodes your expectations in the in this incredible way uh, uh star wars they start with every ship show up at this location yeah. and then you're supposed to get this sort of like hot-blooded reaction when all of them do exactly what they were told that's yeah. not how you escalate something when when summer wars escalates the uh, you understand the weight of the account of what one account means in this game yeah, of betting accounts all of them show up then and then all of a sudden up. people start sacrificing their own mm-hmm. accounts for this game that's deeply meaningful because you understand what losing your account means yeah. and when so when like millions of people start doing it it, it escalates into something massive and when it gets yeah. like massive you get like this you get this insane emotional payoff mm-hmm. star wars doesn't fucking do that they just say yeah. everyone show up at the end of the thing yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> sorry Whoa. so red line <laughs> red line they do it well yeah they, they do yeah they, they, <laughs> yeah they you're right they they set it up properly because they set up that there's this like 
that they have the steam light and it, it comes down to just uh to just jp and machine head or i guess jp and and sonoshi and machine head and the like we were saying before the they are like they're using everything they got there's this cool shot of them on like the this like hot wheels track for that goes to the ending of the race and, Hell yeah! And yeah. there's just these two it's super anime with like the two the the blue light and the red light that's like the fire <laughs> shooting off of the two cars, um, and then the final like they need a tiny bit of juice just to get them ahead, and uh, Frisbee accidentally detonates the the bomb because even though he didn't need to because they took out the well, mafia guys. Well, it's actually, it's not Frisbee, oh, it's the, the other man. dude that was the mechanic. Yeah, because yeah. he was actually, it's funny, because he's so cautioned about them doing anything, because he thinks it's really dangerous. Yeah. But by the end of the film, he's so excited, he's all drunk and <laughs> yeah. all crazy, <laughs> cheering him on. Yeah. And he's actually the guy that grabs the detonator and uses it, which is like, holy crap, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so and that's, that's actually... the final thing that, that propels them forward. And I love that it ends up... It... It, it, this is a dumb reference too, but um, it reminds me almost of Talladega Nights because, like, at the end they're just <laughs> running outside of their cars for the finish the race. Nice. But in this, oh, that's a. But in this, that was my so, other theory. It's so destroyed yeah, totally. is that they're, yeah, they're outside great. of cars. What were you gonna say, Carlos? Sorry. <laughs> that was my other theory that I I kind of feel like they don't show anything after, so they fly through the finish line and everything. You could almost think that they died like in that explosion <laughs> and it was like there's not like they were dead the okay. whole time okay yeah all right <laughs> you know like but like with that explosion maybe they actually yeah. like died mm. and it was like their pure drivenness that like pushed them past the finish line because mm-hmm. that's when the movie ends they don't show you anything past that yeah. and they're like running like it's almost like spiritual seeing them like running in midair to like beyond that finish yeah. line i i mean i don't know that's like one of my other things but i feel like if i'm I mean, obviously using real life physics in this kind of movie is silly but that's if true earlier in the movie whenever jp crashes at the yellow line race they would be cleaning him out with a hose like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really good. so if he's able um, to make that then they'd be able to make this this final if i thing. If I had like chips on the table, I'd put all my chips on Machine Head being Sonoshi's dad. <laughs> that would be my theory that I'd bet all my money on. No, that's cool. Maybe now not that you, this one. Now that you said that, uh, when I was scrubbing through the movie, whenever Sonoshi crashes, like time freezes and you see a close up of JP, but you also see a close up of Machine Head, but none of the oh. other racers, just them two. Whoa. Uh huh. So, see? yeah, they're reacting to it. Yeah. The people that, the people that care, you know, the care about her. Yeah. You know, this sounds I also like a really, great excuse to watch Redline again. That's true. That's oh, true. yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, I also love that the Trans Am has that central wheel once they upgrade it. <laughs> and it ends up becoming like this tricycle yeah. kind of hot rod looking thing when Lynchman like sends one of his like claws at the car. It pulls away. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention too is that during production, they made... Uh, models of all the cars so when you see the behind the Mm -hmm. scene footage they have like actually physical models that they made for each of the cars for the movie and i'm super jealous of that (laughs) yeah i'm sure there's there's some former madhouse employee that has one of them just sitting in his in his den 
I, I want to say they did make some some models from this public I like, that they sold. I, I want to like say I my Blu-ray copy came with a pamphlet that advertised them. Oh man, that's so cool! I want it. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually do get like a Hong Kong cinema style freeze frame. Oh yeah, you're right. At the end <laughs> and of then there's movie. this goofy like iMovie animation of yeah, the word love, yeah, which is yeah, kind of yeah. weird. But <laughs> I think it kind of puts a stamp on how you're supposed to just have fun with this yeah. movie. Like, don't take it too serious. You can love how it looks and everything, but you know, it's a fun message and you had a great yeah. time. Here's this goofy stamp yeah. on the end of the movie. It's just mm-hmm. weird. Whenever everything else is like this beautiful hand drawn, some things are animated on ones animation all yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. like an intern spent 10 minutes to make this weird i like it i'll defend i'll defend the love thing at the end of the movie Uh, (laughs) oh man it it feels a little like um snl not knowing how to end a sketch and they (laughs) think of something just to just just cut away immediately or whatever um but i think it works i think it's a good good implementation of a of a cheesy effect Mm -hmm. yeah 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 red line there that's red line line. red line rules and you should yeah. seek it out. And it's very sad that you can find it for free on YouTube. For a while, it was like officially free on I YouTube. I remember that. Yeah. And it's not anymore. Depressing. Yeah. It's not anymore, which is still kind of depressing because the there is a version that's just not as high of quality, but, but you can find it and it's out there. And obviously, there's, you know, there's also ways of watching anime that you can find it on those <laughs> sites too. So. Don't um, watch Redline on Kiss Anime. No, Don't not do Kiss that. Anime. No, <laughs> not Kiss. Buy the thing? Blu-ray. It's like it's like seven dollars on Amazon. Like it's, I think it's super cheap. Then yeah, yeah. I think one of the reasons that uh, it what it's not free on YouTube anymore is because Anchor Bay like kind of took the license for oh, that okay. and released the Blu-ray. Okay, well that's good. Um, that that's good that it's it's not on there because you're able to get a, a decent version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually let. I lent my Blu-ray of Redline when it, when it first came out on Blu-ray. Uh, I wanted somebody to watch it at work, and I lent it to them, and they never gave it back, <laughs> which I was like kind of mad about. But honestly, I was like, "Hey, man, I want people to watch this, yeah. so just maybe give it to somebody down the line." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's Redline from again, kind of 2009. It had a bigger release in 2010, but but it's it's an incredible movie. It's something worth seeking out. And um, thank you so much for joining us, Alex. Yeah, sorry, I sorry I got heated there. No, you're um, f- still recovering. We can have a <laughs> maybe we can have a Heroes Three Mini where we just I feel like yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Uh, sequel trilogy not not good. <laughs> I've been watching that The Mandalorian a bit. I think the Mandalorian, Mandalorian is, good. is okay Mandalorian. in some ways. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No, it's it's, it's pretty good. Show. It's pretty good. I've heard I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I do a podcast called Swim Fans. Um, oh, so you guys are talking about anime, aren't you? Yes. Uh, that means <laughs> if it comes out next week, we have a we just released an episode about Mardok Scramble, which you should not watch. But you should <laughs> listen to the episode we made about it. Um, I was. We're also. I love because I also haven't seen the episode because doesn't or I haven't I haven't seen anything with it because you know we're recording this in the past. But 
I just the last episode, y'all were like, you y'all were all like, we're gonna talk about this movie. None of us have seen it, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, yeah, um, that's not a good. That's not a good <laughs> thing. Um, what uh, we're doing a a mini series right now where we're playing a tabletop role playing game. Oh, cool. Um, called Sprawl. Um, it's, I, am in the process of editing them and I think they're coming out really nicely, but normally we're a teen movie podcast. It's used to be an erotic thriller podcast, hence the name swim fans. Um, <laughs> please listen to us. We're fun. Uh, both these guys have been on episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mine is such an outlier. Yeah. It's great. Hey, and both- let's say if you want to just listen to us, listen to the Wraith or, uh, um, swordfish, uh, swordfish or, or, hackers. or hackers. If you want Marty content. Oh yeah, Marty was on episodes. Um, uh, well. He's on a episode about Clueless, which is actually a really good episode. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fun. Too. There's not a bad swim fans episode with the Heroes Three guest. Wow, <laughs> thanks, thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, absolutely, come back on. You guys, you guys are, are, are oh, yeah. just uh, golden egg lane geese or whatever. <laughs> oh, thanks. But the, thanks, the golden dude. eggs are great episodes of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> The, yeah, uh, I so I we're still kind of on a little break or whatever, but I don't know. I don't if you yeah if you, maybe we'll do a little guest stuff with other people. Yeah, that could be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show. If you liked it, then you can listen to a review on whatever you're listening to this on. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. And we're continuing this weird Here's Three Guidance, so we'll probably have another episode before the end of the year on something. So <laughs> until then. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it yeah. out. I've I've kind of been I guess using this downtime to cover some gaps that I feel like that I've stuff that I've wanted to talk about that I feel like I didn't know as much about. Yeah. So it's been fun kind of digging through media that I've always wanted to uh dig through. Cool. <laughs> I've got um Let's see. What's the stupid thing I've been watching lately? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I've been watching a Sentai show, uh, Ninja Sentai Kakuranja, <laughs> which is like a mid-90s Power Rangers show oh, cool. that's all about ninjas. But the reason that I'm watching it is because uh, a very good friend of mine uh, suggested it after listening to our Yokai Daisenso episode. Oh, awesome. And the reason is that all the monsters in Kakuranja are yokai. So it's kind oh, of very cool, cool seeing yeah wild uh, Power Rangers takes mm-hmm. on yokai that I'm familiar with, and I've been I've been having fun time with that. Cool. Uh, I've been enjoying your Twitter updates about it as well. Yeah, anytime there's something weird, I'll just take some screen caps mm-hmm. and share it because the show is really goofy too. That which I enjoy. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, until next week where we're doing something. <laughs> I'm Matthew. I'm Carlos. I'm Alex. And this is Heroes 3 Guy, and thanks for checking us out. Right before the sunrise, one thing is in my mind. Need to take the stress and throw it all away. Feelings to discover, knowing undercover what it is you really mean to me. You are the flower, I'm the rain. Without you, life is not the same. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. Remember your training? No. It's different. It's all different now. Oh, okay. Damn ass hell.
<laughs> okay, I'll stop. There you go.